All right, so here we are. First one that uh, we're going to try here. Little road noise because uh, we're on the road. Uh, we're heading out. Um, Andrew, where are we going to? We're on our way to Snows, the Texas Monthly number one spot for the second time in the last three lists. And uh, Snows is a place we're pretty familiar with. I'd say roughly 10 trips, maybe 15 tops, somewhere around there. Give or take, that sounds about yeah. right. Uh, great place to go on every Saturday. Um, why are we talking about this other than what we normally talk about internally is um, this week Texas Monthly has released their top 50 list coming out every four to five years. The biggest thing in barbecue, somebody uh, in the Twitterverse said it's kind of like Christmas Day. Somebody else said it's kind of like your team winning the Super Bowl. Uh, the biggest news in barbecue, at least for a while, the list, obviously there's always some new ones that pop up. The perennial favorites are here. Um, some surprises in the top 10 for a lot of people, places that they weren't familiar with or never heard of. Um, I don't think any surprises for us as far as the names. We've seen people tweet about them and some of the pictures come across. Um, but we'll go down the list kind of one by one and, and our comments on them. Um, anything other than that, Andrew, before we get going? No, let's dig right into it. Um, again, number one spot was Snow's Barbecue in Lexington, Texas, which, uh, as many know, is only open one day a week. They open at 8 a.m. on Saturday mornings, and they serve barbecue until they sell out. Uh, Snow's is owned by Kerry Bexley, and the pits are run by Tootsie Tumnets, who's one of the best characters in Texas barbecue. Um, she is 82 years old, and still working full-time, from what I understand, and cooking barbecue on the weekends. Um, and also running the pits with her is Clay Cowgill, Cowgill pardon me, who is fairly new to the Snows operation. He came on board, I believe, about a year or so ago. And Clay, I, I think, is not new to barbecue in general, but... No, no. Definitely had a background. And, and I think that's something, you know, as we look at number two, obviously... You know, Franklin is no longer number one. Snows reclaimed it. They were previously number one. It begs the question, did Snows improve? Did Franklin decline? And that's a huge question for us. Um, you would have to assume one or the other would be true, right? Right. If they both stayed the same, then what would be the reasoning for moving Snows ahead? So something has to have changed within the last four years between those two joints for, for there to be a switch at the top spot. And I'm looking forward to trying both sometime in the near future. Again, we're on our way to Snows now, and we'll we'll be hitting the Franklin line sooner than later and uh, getting another another taste of Aaron Franklin's fantastic Texas brisket. Yeah, you sounded uh, not as excited about the line as you were about the brisket, for sure. The line's <laughs> turned into a monster. Um, yeah, some of us, myself, I started going uh, about six years ago to Franklin, and I thought it was a crazy line then. Now, you better get there by 7 a.m. at the latest to try to get food by 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And I, I uh, maybe not necessarily ironically, but my, my first visit to Franklin was um, the week in between the last top 50 list getting published online and getting, getting seen at the uh, actual newsstands. I was able to avoid what could have been a worse line. Um, that was obviously the, when they picked up the number one spot officially. Uh, before that, I just hadn't had the pleasure of going. Um, as we look at Franklin, you know, I, I don't think that they've 
declined whatsoever. I mean, they've been, they were absolutely famous for their consistency, and that's what got them to the number one ranking. Um, any comments on Franklin before we flip back to Snows? No, uh, just kind of echoing what you said with Franklin's consistency. Um, the volume that they do and how many days a week they're open is, is kind of an amazing thing. So it's going to be interesting to juxtapose Snow's barbecue with Franklin when you talk about focusing on well, you know, a, a one-day-a-week cook and a six-day-a-week cook, but that's something we'll get into further down the road. Um, moving on to the third spot, we've got Cadillac Barbecue in Dallas, which uh, unfortunately neither of us have been to yet. That'll be changing soon as uh, we plan to hit every top 50 joint here as soon as we can. It's going to take some time because Texas is a big state, but Cadillac uh, is another barbecue joint that has extremely limited hours, which makes it difficult for anyone that doesn't live around the Dallas area to, to get there. I think it's uh, Thursday or Fridays, Thursdays, and then Saturdays when there's a orange moon or uh, something. I you know it's, Something along those lines. It's th- every Thursday and Friday and the first Saturday of every month is, are their hours. And, and I, you know, I would hope that the business drives them to expand the hours, but, you know, they're it didn't snows didn't do it they didn't have to do it so um you know it's from what i saw on twitter from the pictures that i saw from the comments that i saw um it was not a surprise to us that they made it um a bit of a surprise kind of where they landed up but i i can't say it factually because i haven't had the food yet right and and that's that's another thing that talking to different pit masters and people around the industry uh, they're going to have to navigate and figure out what's the best way for them to go about this because you, you talk to these pit masters of these top-rated joints, and the biggest thing they want to do is they don't want to lose what they're what, what they started out doing this as. They don't want to lose the quality. They don't want to lose that commitment to making sure everything is done right. But they want to please their customers, and as you get more and more customers, finding that balance to where you're not losing the quality that got you there, it's uh, it's a tricky spot. And so it's interesting to see how these how these different places go about it. I mean, maintaining what got them there, you know, the methods, the sources, the attention to detail versus dealing with the expansion. I know I've talked to a a number of places this week. Um, Places have doubled. Some places have tripled in business. How do you handle that? You know, do you cook more, which ultimately means more stress on the equipment that you have? Um, Obviously, trying to cram more briskets into the same space on a pit can affect how they come out or do you hold tight and uh, just you know upset people unfortunately and miss out on, on business that you could make by selling out earlier absolutely the, with the with your customer base a lot of times especially if you're in a bigger city it's an even bigger problem because in a bigger city custom your diners have options of other places they can go and if you don't hit that mark that they expect you to hit you may not get them back and so it, it really is it's a, it's a good problem to have, but it's definitely something that these these different pitmasters and owners are going to have to are going to have to work out as they go along. Um, now that the list has come out on, on Monday and hit newsstands, I believe on Thursday, um, so the next couple of weeks are going to be really interesting for a lot of places. I know in, in Twitter I've used the word life changing, and, and I'm really not playing that down or not overstating it at any means. Talking to these folks. Um, over the last week, visiting Tejas, um, I visited Bodacious, um, as well as Riverport, um, and another Bodacious location, Stanley's. 
Um, you know, the, especially these guys that are coming in first time, it's, it's literally life-changing for the business, for the families. It's an amazing thing. And, and I mean, huge kudos to these folks who earned the, the top 10 spot, but it's going to be interesting how they handle with it. It's, it's, it's absolutely a struggle. And that, that brings us over to the number four spot, which you were at yesterday, uh, Bodacious Barbecue. Um, we need to make sure that we preface it there. Bodacious is a chain, um, but it's not the entire chain that made the list. The, the location that made the list is the Moberly location, correct, Brian? Correct. They're the original location and, and where um, family still runs the original location. Um, Jordan, along with uh, longtime friend Scott, Pitmasters out there um, changed up, you know, similar story in some ways to Russell Regals and uh, probably a few others out there where um, they've changed their their methods and they've changed their sources and it's really changed their product for the better, at least for what, you know, the, the I don't want to say the barbecue populace as a whole, but there's a, there's a trend of Central Texas style barbecue in a certain Status and a certain style that has become top popular, and they've they're producing that style now. Right, and that's you know that's another one of those. There's so many feel good stories on this top ten list. I mean, you know, pretty much everyone that I've dealt with on this top ten list is extremely easy to root for. They're the hardest working, nicest, most friendly people you've ever seen, and it, and you really do pull for those type of people that you know see what the others are doing and and say, hey, look, I want to make a change. I want to improve my product. I don't want to just stick with the status quo and especially you know when you're part of a chain and i believe you know the the, the people that have been part of these chain barbecue places will tell you uh, it's usually a solid living you know you're providing for your family and so if you're making this change you're mostly making it out of a passion or out of a love for barbecue not to make extra money because you're using more expensive meats you're you know you're you're a lot of times using craft bread craft sides artisan this and artisan that your, your food cost goes up, and depending on where you are, you may not be able to increase your menu prices that much. Uh, especially in a small town, you, you know, your customers are used to paying a certain price, and they might be willing to move you know, a few cents here or there, but you, know, you can't start charging you know, premium big city prices in small towns. Absolutely. Excellent point. Now, I'll just touch on Riverport. We'll get back to Bodacious. You know, they're, they're under $15 a pound, and they're using prime brisket now. Uh, but their market just can't can't deal with that pricing. They just don't understand the difference. Um, and, and like you said, there's a lot of places that aren't serving prime, that are serving lower end, that are actually cooking with cheaper ingredients. I mean, pepper, I believe, is $9 a pound now, um, close to that. If you're not using pepper or you're using very little pepper in your rub, there's, you're, it's cheaper to produce your product. Um, so, you know, it's a good thing, and, and Bodacious is one of those that has switched over. The neighborhood they're in, the location they're in, the clientele, um, really good stuff talking with, with the team there yesterday about you know, trying to make sure they have options for those that are you know, less well-off, that just, you know, they don't want to pay as much for a beef rib or $20 a pound nearly for brisket. So the things that caught my eye on the menu um, were three things. Number one, the beans are still free, um, other than Opie's and Snow's. Uh, Cooper's, I believe, has free beans. Right. Um, you know, somewhat of a tradition, but definitely something that you don't have to do. And if you're top ten, absolutely something you don't have to do. Uh, and the beans were, were quality enough that they could charge for them. It's not like they're just boiled water. You know, there's more to it than that. Um, it's an expense they have to put out 
Um, but it, it's something they do not just for the average consumer, but for their community. Um, they also their sausage was priced at, at two fifty. Uh, there, and, and what I caught my attention really was sloppy joes um, for a dollar eighty five. You know, I mean that's that's a great option for somebody that wants right. That's your top cl- ten barbecue. Yeah, it's your classic workman's lunch for a dollar eighty five. You get a sloppy joe sandwich and a you know cup of free beans, and you go on about your day. That's a heck of a value. I mean, and it and it helps them because it helps them push product out the door. At the same time, they're not you know they're but they're not they're not affecting their community in a negative way as far as you know if your customers are only going to be willing to spend x amount of dollars on lunch then you can use whatever kind of meat you want you're not going to get people through the door on a consistent basis because as any barbecue joint will tell you they don't they don't keep paying the bills based off of tourists and based off of barbecue fans like us it's the everyday customer that's going to go in there and spend their hard-earned dollar uh, and they want to feel like they're getting value for their you know for for their money Absolutely, and in their location, you know, they've got a lot of regulars that they have to sustain, and you know, it, it's hard. I mean, I I struggle when I look at you know going out for barbecue for lunch with my friends, and it's twenty twenty five dollars for lunch. I mean, it's just really elevated the price and the quality, which is great, but it's harder and harder to eat as just your traditional you know once or twice a week meal. Right, barbecue is no longer the the cheap alternative. That's for sure. Not good barbecue anyway. I miss those 99-cent-pound briskets. You don't, know? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't we all? Don't we all? Um, moving on to the, the fifth spot on our list is one that most barbecue fans will be familiar with at this point. Uh, they've been around longer than pretty much anybody else that's, well, certainly anyone else that's on the top ten. Um, but they're one of the oldest tenure joints on the entire top 50 list, and that's Louis Miller Barbecue in Taylor, Texas. Uh, the story is well documented about the Miller family. They are considered... The first family of barbecue, the Louis Miller family uh, roots run deep through through the top fifty list and through uh, through Texas barbecue as a whole. Through global barbecue, uh, yeah. you know, so many people. You know, Wayne has mentored so many people in the industry. Very open about what he does. Um, somebody was talking to me on Twitter the other day, and they're planning on coming down for a mentorship. Um, you know what he's done for barbecue, and, and especially the entire family. You know. Um, whether you're a, a fan or not of John, you know, John has skills that are pretty much unparalleled. Um, he's had an influence on so many people. You know, obviously, Aaron Franklin worked there. Of course, he didn't cook meat while he was with John, but, you know, you better believe he was watching what was going on and, and picked up on quite a bit while he was there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you could say Louis Miller Barbecue is kind of the six degrees of Kevin Bacon in the barbecue world. You name a barbecue joint, and almost always you can tie them in some way to the Louis Miller family tree, whether that's they trained with someone who trained with someone or they worked directly at the joint. But their their roots are, are very deeply entrenched in, in what Texas barbecue is and continues to be. Um, it, it's one of my favorite spots to visit just from a historical standpoint. Uh, the building is fantastic. The, you, know, you walk in, and you're basically walking into barbecue history. And very, very few joints. I mean, all these, all, all the new hipster joints that we we love, or you know, we push them as much as, as anyone else. Yeah, you know, the one thing they can't give you is is that kind of history and that sense of place that that Louis Miller gives you every time you walk in. Just that that whole ambiance, you know, de- it defines destination barbecue. Your whole experience there is, is very unique. Um, you know, I, it was one of the places that. I had that first, you know, oh, wow, when I had a bite of brisket. 
you know, they, they still do the samples, um, which the Miller family as a whole, even Leanne and the team at Love Barbecue continue to do that. Um, great tradition, again, very expensive to give everybody a bite of brisket, um, but just an amazing place, great times to be there. Um, certainly we'll do some more discussion around that particular location. No surprise, I mean, I, I think they're well placed in, in the top 10 as well. Um, you know, they've been very consistent since uh, they've changed some of their methods a little bit over time. I think it's helped their consistency, absolutely. Um, and, you know, you can't can't go there and, and not get a beef rib. <laughs> as long as you can afford it, it's right, something uh, that you have to get. Yeah. yeah, if you can afford it, it is one of the best treats in Texas barbecue. But it is, uh, it's definitely a splurge. I believe last I checked, they were about $24 a pound right now on beef ribs at Louis Miller. Um, and if you're not familiar with beef ribs, they you can weigh one and a half to two pounds. So do the math. It's it's definitely uh, it's like going to a steakhouse when you're ordering a beef rib these days. Um, but it's uh, it, it's one of the best in Texas barbecue. Uh, the sixth spot on our list is possibly maybe the biggest surprise on the top ten list. I don't think a lot of people saw this coming, including the guys at the joint. And we're talking about Tejas Chocolate Craftery. And barbecue, um, which yeah, they're going to have to add barbecue to their name right, officially, right? Right. I, 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 think, I think the time has come that that, that barbecue can join the chocolate. Um, but the, the story is is getting out there now that they've they've reached this lofty spot on the list. That you know um, the the owners started out making bean to bar chocolate, and well, even even before then, back over by Regal's, right? Right. So, right. Uh, yeah, one of the one of the owners uh, owned an Italian restaurant next to next to Regal's Barbecue, and uh, as you know, as they were making the bean bar chocolate, they, they decided that, you know to help supplement income. That you know they weren't making a ton of money off the chocolate. Let, you know, maybe we should try our hand at barbecue. And I know that Russell Regal gave them some uh, some pointers here and there, and, and was, a, was a really good resource for them. Yeah, first first visit I made, uh, they brought up Russell and we talked a bit. Uh, great guys, both the, the the whole family there is great. Um, very interested in what they do. Very very prideful in what they do. Um, barbecue I've had there has been great. And, and and you know we're not saying surprise in a negative way by any means whatsoever. Um, but just a little bit that not everybody had them pegged as top ten. Right. Um, right. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you've, you've heard all the popular joints over the years, you know, the, the Franklins, the Snows of the World, you know, uh, even, you know, Ronnie Killen you've seen all over social media and in, in news, both locally and nationally at this point. You know, so, so you hear the same names over and over again. And Tejas, for a lot of people, flew under the radar. I know even a lot of the barbecue fans, it took them a long time to get there. Uh, Brian, it's actually close to your house, so you were there fairly early on in their in their tenure for you know once after they opened i believe chris reed i believe was the first yeah, one reed, that really reed, shined a light on that yeah reed scooped me in my own hometown but uh <laughs> definitely a lot more experience and a lot more connections um and trust everything that reed does when he does publish a review so seeing that got me out there right away and um you know to me i'm, I'm being selfish to be honest you know i i loved having a place close by that didn't have much of a line um, with the quality that they had, and, and so those it was days great. are over. Yeah, yeah. I went, uh, I went last Saturday, and um, yeah, the, the lines are here for a, a quite a long time. It's, it's set up in a renovated house um, just off of the main street in Tomball, 
um, old Tomball, kind of like uh, Old Town Spring, but just not quite at the gentrification level as, as spring <laughs> yet. Um, but definitely growing. There's a new food trailer park that opens up um, just a couple of weeks in Tomball, um, a, a, a microbrewery. I mean, it's really starting to kind of flip. I think the location and the positioning and the timing of Tejas absolutely could not be better uh, for them and for the city of Tomball. Really right. going to put them on the map. Right. And Tejas, one of the things I think that really sets Tejas apart from pretty much any other joint in Texas is that they've approached barbecue, you know, at least from their sides and their sauce standpoint, in a really unique perspective from, from a lot of other barbecue joints. They've got some very unique sides. The carrot souffle is one of the showstopper sides that everyone talks about. When you see it, it's it's so different looking and so different tasting than any barbecue side you've pretty much ever had in your I mean, life. What would you, you know, for me, the best way for me to describe it is it's almost like a flan. Um, I don't, I'm not sure. It, what what would you call that? It, it does have a, a custardy type texture to it. Um, it, it kind of almost, yeah, like like I said, like a flan or or even a more a more set panna cotta, which they also have panna cotta on their dessert menu, which is, from my understanding, fantastic. I, I added this. I've had it at the barbecue fest, and I've never ordered it in the restaurant itself because generally I, I, I can't. It's not partially affordability, and partially I just can't get this fat. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't always get a, a, a lot of the menu there, and so I, I always get the carrot souffle um, along with brisket, and usually I'll, I'll get the brisket and blues sandwich, one of my absolute favorite sandwiches in the business. Um, but I had the I had the panna cotta this time. It, great dessert, just great way to finish the meal. They might have the best roster of sandwiches in Texas barbecue right now. Between the bird and the bacon sandwich, the the uh, the brisket and blues, which, like you said, is is just so so different. Uh, such a really great idea. I mean, really, it's it's a simple sandwich if you think about it. It's uh, cherry tomatoes, red onions, uh, chopped brisket, and blue cheese. But most people have never really thought to put blue cheese in a sandwich with brisket. But it works, and it works extremely well. Absolutely. And more than just the blue cheese, you know, the it's a craft bun, and it's a and it's a toasted craft bun. And there, it sounds simple, but the difference that happens when you when you butter toast a bun and you get that crunch in addition to the rest of the the bite transforms that sandwich. Just absolutely amazing sandwich. Yeah. Well, the fact that we eat it says something because we are the meatiest people you will find when it comes to our barbecue ordering it's very rare for us to order sandwiches um we, we were usually looking for the meat we're looking for ribs we're looking for sliced brisket but the same that that sandwich is that good that it's hard to not order that sandwich if you go to tejas absolutely so let's go down to uh number next one uh course screw barbecue you know uh number seven no surprise to us um Maybe a little surprising as to, to where they wound up. It should be a little bit higher, I think. But uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel that way as well. I'm, you know, if, if you follow either Brian or I on Twitter, you know that we've been ringing the bell for tech, for Corkscrew Barbecue for the last couple of years, really. Um, as far as consistency, um, flavor, I mean, they, they've got pretty much anything you'd ask for in a barbecue joint. Um, they, they have a line. They, oh, even before this, they had a line. They move the line as fast as pretty much any barbecue line I can think of in Texas. Yeah, they, um, you know, back in the trailer days, the, the line was, was there. It was pretty consistent. Um, getting out of the trailer, just an amazing building, you know, great location, 
parking's a little bit of an issue. Um, you know, I actually had to pay two dollars to park, but you know, two dollars well, isn't going to kill me. My understanding <laughs> is they are working on paving that parking lot now and and the area around it. Uh, I did see Nicole Buckman, uh, co-owner of Corkscrew, reaching out to people asking for uh, any paving advice. So I think they are in the process of working on that. Uh, no one works harder at making sure the customer experience is good than the Buckmans do. Um, from, the, from the time you walk in the door to the time you walk out of the door, they do pretty much everything they can to make sure you're having a, a quality experience. And, of course, that starts with the food. I mean, the, the brisket is one of my two or three favorite briskets, I think, in Texas barbecue. Um, it's They use a Creekstone Prime All-Natural brisket um, smoked 100% with red oak. Uh, which is a little different from from most joints. Most joints you'll see uh, post oak, or you'll see a, you know mesquite if you get further out, uh, you know out in West Texas, or even sometimes in East Texas, some places are using yeah, mesquite. Bodacious and uh, Pinkertons, uh, Opie's, three of the places. Of course, you get farther out west, Lano, uh, and, and out that way, a lot of lot of mesquite. But right. um, I, I I like that red oak. In fact, when we cook our own barbecue, red oak is one of the woods that, that we use. But just absolutely fanatical about customer service at Corkscrew, you know, and you've got the building, you've got a wonderful environment, you've got people that are just absolutely righteous about, is your order right? Is your order right? I mean, we, we've, I know we've joked about it, but you go there now and they will read your order back to you, they will show your order, and then you have to initial your order to make sure it's right. And, and I've never had my order wrong there. Right. And it's and it's not a it's not a soup Nazi thing. It's that's how much they want you to have what you order, exactly how you ordered it. And you know, and that's it's a real commitment to, to quality and to the customer experience that is, is unparalleled in not even just the barbecue business, in the restaurant industry in general. You you just don't see that kind of commitment to service anymore. Um, and it's it's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons that we love going to, to Corkscrew Barbecue. Little details like plating the barbecue. I mean, they've they've always taken extra care to make sure it's plated. These days of Instagram, you know, whether whether a business likes it or not, it, it, the reality is people take pictures of their food. Right. And you know they they do a great job there too. Number eight's another place we're familiar with, and uh, if you're tired of waiting in line at Franklin Barbecue, you usually can walk to. Well, it's used place. to. <laughs> well, you, that, that's probably changing after this list came out, but uh, Micklewaite Barbecue is the number eight spot on the list. They are a small trailer in Austin. Um, again, they're down the street from Franklin, and uh, they're another one of the barbecue joints that really has embraced the entire craft of a barbecue menu. Um, yeah, I think maybe one of the very first true craft barbecue joints. They, they are. They were. They were right at the forefront of it, as far as not just quality meats, but quality bread. Which I, I don't know if they still do, but they made their own bread for the longest time. Um, their own pickles. Uh, he's he's one of the sausage connoisseurs of, of Texas barbecue as far as very inventive uh, sausages extremely creative um, you, you'll see anything from we had a Thai sausage the last time we were there he does andouille sausage uh, you know, he'll do your classic Texas barbecue sausage as well but there's always there's always an, inter uh, an interesting sausage on the menu and there's not a there's not a time I go to Mickleway where I don't try the sausage absolutely now the you know he had he had the Romanoskas trailer for a little while deli right back to focusing on barbecue especially with the top 10 
uh, ranking, I think that's a good timing position for him. Right, and I'm happy for them as a and, whole. And, it, and just so everybody knows, him is Tom Mickleweight, and we didn't actually give him credit. Right. And also Lane helping out there uh, with pit duty. So um, great crew, though, great food. You know, my, my 15 seconds of fame was I happened to get interviewed by the Food Channel um, way back when eating there, but uh, not not a reason why I'm a fan. The reason a fan is because the barbecue, they have the uh, the, the jalapeno cheese grits. Yes, yeah, they're absolutely one of my favorite sides in barbecue. Um, not a whole lot of places doing cheese grits as a side, um, but I think it works. Uh, and their, their homemade moon pies are another one of the things that they're extremely well known for. Um, they're, they're a great treat. Uh, my wife is not a huge meat eater, but if she knows I'm going to Mickleweight, I better come home with some moon pies. <laughs> and uh, with that, you know, uh, again, probably one of the sites that, like Tejas, had some pretty short lines, was easy to get to. Um, right. We were there a few months ago, and we literally walked up and got barbecue. We were amazed. Um, and they, they've, for, you know, for in large part, flown a little bit under the radar. I think the barbecue fans knew them pretty well, but they didn't have the national acclaim that, that, that certainly that our Franklin has, or even that a lot of barbecue has, for that matter. Um, but I think that's that is changing now. Well, speaking about under the radar, number nine uh, on the Texas monthly list, Evie Mays out in Lubbock or near uh, Lubbock, Texas. Wolfworth, which yeah. is I, I believe a little bit southwest of Lubbock. I didn't know anything could be west of Lubbock, but apparently <laughs> that is. That would be New Mexico. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, Evie Mays is a place that we've heard a lot about. Uh, we we're happy that they made the top ten. We're happy, you know, they, they certainly seem deserving of it, um, but it means we're definitely going to have to get to Lubbock sometime soon. And, and our friend Jimmy, Jimmy Ho, um, obviously talked quite a bit about him. Um, you could see the pictures coming out of there. You could see when uh, Daniel Vaughn went there. Uh, it looked pretty obvious to us based on the feedback that they, they had a definite chance. We, we, we're certain they'd be in the top 50, um, certainly in the top half of the top 50. I wouldn't say it's surprising based on, again, the feedback that we saw out there. Uh, Going to have to do it. Part of our hitting all 50 stops of the top 50, it's definitely one of our uh, our locations. But um, not really looking forward to um, Lubbock. Maybe we'll do the Buddy Holly Museum, I guess, while we're out there. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find some other trouble to get into while we're eating the barbecue. But, uh, but you know, congratulations to Evie Mays, and we look forward to getting out there soon. All right, and final up in the top 10, um, again, not everybody familiar with it. I've been spouting off how much I like this place. Um, Andrew as well. Many people have, you know, in less than a year and a half uh, from you know, not being on the scene at all to making the top ten. An amazing movement by these guys. A truth barbecue in Brenham, Texas. Right, and this is another one of those, uh, you know, great barbecue stories of uh, Leonard Botello. You know, you know, started watching the Aaron Franklin videos, started eating barbecue all around Texas, and fell in love with the craft. And uh, you know, started teaching himself how you know how do how do you cook a brisket? How do you cook a rack of ribs well? And uh, you know, the, the story is well documented about he, he found a, a very expensive close pit. Uh, close is one of the more known brands of uh, Texas pit pit makers in, in on the entire country. Um, but he found it in Cleveland, Ohio. Drove all the way up there, picked up this pit from from uh, from a lady who was selling it for an insanely cheap price, and 
uh, drove it all the way back to Texas and began cooking on it. And uh, before you knew it, had opened up a small place in Brenham, in right the, on the side in of the auto world. That's the you know that's the barn find when you find the old uh, old vintage car in the barn untouched. You know, right. um, but and and it's kind of an interesting point. You know, is does the pit matter? You know, you look at the list and and everybody's going to talk. Everybody's have been to Tejas and seen the pit. Talks about Black October, their their pit that. Uh, a uh, little bit less than stellar in design, I think. Um, you know, Close is obviously one of the number one brands out there for pits, um, along with John Lewis pits and soon to be Franklin in, in the small side. Um, Euler is another one. You know, I, I think it helps, but of course, a pit, a product, still doesn't matter in the hands of a, of a untalented pitmaster turns out a bad product or somebody that just doesn't care about day-to-day quality right and, and that certainly isn't lettered in the team over a truth they they're another one of the the barbecue joints that are using the really high quality product uh, i know they're using 44 farms brisket um and and as far as their their buns are quality buns uh they do their own pickling in-house uh, they just they, they care about the menu from top to bottom and they have probably my favorite oh i'm gonna go ahead and say it. they have my favorite barbecue dessert <laughs> Uh, the cakes, which are made by Leonard's mom, Janelle, are, Janelle, are fantastic. Uh, there's red velvet, the, the chocolate cake, the, what are they referring to that? Is that the banana's foster cake? Um, or it's, a, it's a banana cake with caramel. The banana, yeah, uh, we'll call it a banana cake. You call it whatever you want. Call it um, heaven. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, but it, the, as far as an entire meal experience in Texas barbecue, uh, truth is uh, is one of the best uh, going from meats to sides to desserts. It's just a great experience. Uh, it's a very small building. Uh, the lines were already pretty pretty stout, and I think uh, that's gonna. Yeah, you're messing with my line. I that's know. what I you know. I know. That was one of the great things is is when you get these places under the radar. Um, but you know you want them to be successful, and that that's great great for them. Um, it just means get there early. You know, speaking of early, it's, it's not even 7.30 a.m., and uh, we're only a few miles outside of Lexington, Texas, and we'll see what the line is like. You know, I, I, I expect there to be people lined up before they open. Normally, 8 o'clock is, is 8. Between 8 and 9 is a great time to get to Snows, but back to number one. Who knows, right? Right, and immediately after we leave Snows, we're actually going to the number 10 spot on the list. We're going to Truth, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll scope out the line there and see what things are looking like, and... You know, looking forward to hitting two top top ten spots today. Um, so that's you know that's a quick recap of the well, not a quick recap of the top <laughs> ten list. Um, again, congratulations to all these joints. We've we've been to majority of them, and we'll hit all of them sooner than later. Um, and you know we're looking forward to seeing you know how these places compare within each other and, and the differences between them because there's a lot of different styles. You know, as far as cooking methods, seasoning methods that go on at all ten of these places, and, we're, and it's uh, for us, it's always fun to see what those differences are. Uh, absolutely, a lot of variety in the top ten across smokers, across wood, across styles, across locations. It's going to be a lot of fun. If anybody out there actually listens to this, um, please feel free to give us some suggestions, some tips, places to talk about, places to go, or your comments um, on Twitter. I am uh, at at barbecue brian bbq brian. And I'm at Houston Fed, uh, Houston F-E-D. Yeah, I know that makes me sound like a bank. Didn't think about when I created the name. Deal with it. There you go. All right, we'll see you guys out on the barbecue trail.